Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Aaron. I'm the lead pastor here at Simple Church. Thanks for coming in today. We, of course, launch a brand new series. And I have to warn you, I've had lots of coffee this morning, so I'm going to talk fast. Just listen fast and, and we'll be fine. Okay? We'll be fine. So we're, we're going to start this new series, but I have a few announcements I want to make before I get there. The very first one, the one we, a lot of us are pumped about, and you guys are all first servicers, so I apologize for it. But second service... After second service today, we are doing our very first on-site baptisms here. We have done them at other churches and taken time to go do them at other services, Sunday evenings, Saturday nights. But I borrowed a horse trough, which is what you walk past here in the morning. And we are going to baptize some people right out front here after second service today. So if you want to come back, second service ends at about 12.15. Go get you some lunch, come back and hang out with us. Or maybe you want to get baptized, that's fine. You can do that. Um, we're going to change the clothes and the towels. No white t-shirts, please. That's not the kind of party we're having here, okay, folks? <laughs> All right, so that's, uh, sec- that's second service today, and so there are going to be plenty of families here and guests here, second service. We're pumped about that. Uh, also, all of the, the Simple Church merch items, and all the orders are in, okay? Now, let me tell you this. Uh, let me give you a time to do it. If you ordered something, it would be extremely helpful if you have the email from your order, because uh, that'll let us know exactly what you have. Uh, I did not have time to print all those out, and so I do have them. I wanted to get them in your hands. So between service today, if you go out to the Connect Center, all of you, the items that you ordered, the tumblers, the mugs, the T-shirts are in. Now, so once everybody picks up their orders, we will have extra of those, but you can't buy extra today, okay? Uh, or Derek, can they? Derek? Bueller? Next week. Okay, so next week you'll be able to buy from the extras that we have of the t-shirts, the mugs, and the tumblers. But if you order something, please stop by and pick them up today. Cool. Got that out. All right. Other big thing is, look, I was the Heart Food Pantry reached out to me this week, and they let me know, hey, listen, during the summertime, some of the things that go missing from our shelves are canned fruit, tuna, and rice meals. Okay, so if you would, if when you go shopping this week, if you would pick up a few of those items or, or think about some people that are going to be hungry this summer, because let me tell you this, when I met with the mayor, and I've said this many, many times, but when I met with the mayor and said, hey, what is your biggest concern here in Reynoldsburg? Do you know what he said to me? He said that more than 50% of the kids in our schools are on free or reduced fee lunches, which means that he's concerned for them on the weekends and during the summertime. What are those kids eating? Because they're not coming to the schools and getting free food, Right. And so our heart food pantries, our food pantries are a great way to reach out to families and let them know that we, we know they're here, we know that they are, are suffering this, this summer, or that they, they are going without, maybe, without some of the th- simple things that you and I enjoy regularly. I know that I can afford to skip a meal, amen? So <laughs> maybe it comes down to that. But if you want to bring your donations here, they are accepted at the Connect Center. Okay, all right, got that out. The last thing, and this is the one that I'm really excited about. The, the Civic Park Friendly Basketball League is a group of kids that get together who cannot afford to, uh, to, to play basketball with the Reynoldsburg City Parks program. Now, let me tell you how much it costs to play city, with Reynoldsburg City. About $35 to $45, right? These are kids who cannot afford, whose parents cannot afford to pay that fee for them to, pay, to play with the city. And so there's a gentleman, Reverend David Akers, puts on a program and he invites kids to come and play for free. 
And every year he has 40 to 50 kids, maybe more than that, that want to play. So last year we had the opportunity to play them in a basketball game. It was really awesome. But the biggest opportunity that we had with these kids was being able to bless them with a pair of basketball shoes. It cost $10 per kid to, to put a pair of brand new sneakers on kids whose families can't afford to put them in a program who could probably use a pr- brand new pair of shoes. And so I'm putting it out there to you guys. If you would like to, and I mean above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings, if you want to make a gift to these guys, you can write on your envelopes, shoes. Okay, 10 bucks puts a pair of shoes on a kid. I went ahead and he told me he's got 22 kids from the program that are registered to, uh, to, to, that want shoes. There, there's more kids registered, but there's 22 that need shoes, and we'll accept those. And I went ahead and wrote him the check. I gave him the check to cover every single pair. So I would love for you guys, if you want to, because I, I have faith in you guys. I know what you guys gave last year, and I have faith that we'll do the same this year. So, again, you can give as much as you want towards that, but we, we already wrote a check for $220 to buy those shoes, so uh, I, I, I have faith in you guys. I know it's awesome, and, and, and to send those out. And so on, on, if you are a baller, shot caller, whatever, <laughs> we, August 9th, I believe, is the date. We are going to play the Civic Park Friendly Basketball League. We did this last year. We got spanked hard. Like hard. We played two games, and look, this is me. I walked out on the basketball court, and I'm, I'm dribbling like this because I'm past the air, and i got to start the game, right? So I'm dribbling the ball, and they, these guys, they're all young kids. They holler out, he's got no handles. Get the ball. I'm like, I spent five minutes in that game, folks, five minutes. So anyway, so join us for that. Uh, and again, that's when we pass the offering bucket See, at the end. You can just write shoes either in your check memo or on the offering envelope. On the envelope would be helpful. That would be the best. And those are in your service guides, okay? All right, so we are in a series called Love, Marriage, Baby Carriage. All right, now, here is my warning to you because I know that sometimes there are kids in the congregation. I'm not going to hold back. Now, I'm not going to be graphic, but we are going to talk about things that affect love, marriage, and baby carriage, okay? So we are going to talk about these things. We are going to go five weeks on this, okay, folks? So this is your heads up. If your kids are in here... They're going to hear me say words like sex. They're going to hear me say those things. And that is an opportunity for you to go talk to your kids about those things, I guess. But if you don't want them to hear those kind of things, then I would encourage you. The children's ministry is a great place for your kids to be and to connect. Even if they're a little older, uh, past the fifth grade mark, we can get them connected to serve for the next few weeks if you want to. Look, my kids serve. They, they help run sound. My son Trent helps run sound. Uh, my, my son goes over and helps in the children's ministry as well. Your 6th graders and 7th and 8th graders can get connected and help. Okay, So just, just know that for the next few weeks, here's my warning. Doot, 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 doot. Adult content. Okay, That's what we're going to do. There it is. So why do a series on love, relationships, sex, and children? Because these are very, very challenging topics. And I want to say that they are very relatable to everybody in this room, right? Everybody is in a relationship or wants to be in a relationship. or Maybe you're in a bad one and you want out of it. I'm not sure what the situation is. But you are all, all we are all looking for relationships. And the truth is, is that for most of us, we have these unrealistic expectations when it comes to these kind of topics, right? Why is that? Well, when we were growing up, our culture is kind of dictated what we think about love, right? I mean, we watch movies like Top Gun. Oh, that's love, right? Or The Notebook. Oh, that's love. And, and we, 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 we are moved by those. Or, or music, right? When I was a kid, I had a crush on a girl. And, 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 uh, and my favorite song was Everything I Do, I Do For You. That was Brian Adams, right? Yes. And so let me tell you what I did. 
I, I said, and this is kind of funny, and then we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Sorry, but I have to tell this. I was such a chicken. I love the song, and I really thought, like, if I send her this, like a singing telegram with flowers, she will love me because I sent her this song. And so I did, anonymously. I never told her it was me. So I'm pretty sure some other dude took credit for that, and she started dating him. I was too scared. I was in sixth grade. What do you want from me? But... We learn all about love. Our ideas and our concepts came from our music and our movies and what we see in our culture, right? I want you to take 30 seconds right now, and I want you to turn to the person sitting next to you or around you, and I want you to tell them what was your favorite love song growing up. Go ahead, or your favorite love movie or love story. Go for it. Do it now. Talk out loud. Let's go. (laughs) Everything I do, right? I got yours, yeah. Well, there was, there was also I Swear, right, you know, by, by All for One. Whether you like John Michael Montgomery version or you like the, the All for One version, right, you know. My wife and I were talking about these, and we were like, oh, yeah, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. What are, what are some of the ones that somebody said to you? Call out. Maybe some unexpected ones or unusual ones. Anybody? The one for the body. What I Will Always Love You. That's Whitney Houston, right? Anybody else? What is it? Close to you. That's the Carpenters, right? Why do birds... Suddenly appear. Come on. Every time you are near. My kids know that song. I sing it to them all the time. Yeah, it's right. It's great. It's good. What about the, that song from the police, right? Like every, every breath you take, every move you make, every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you every single day, every word you say, every game you play, every night you stay, I'll be watching you. Look, let me tell you, this is like the, the, yeah, this is like the Ballad of the Creepy Stalker, right? But this was our love songs, right? You know, this is like the Restraining Order song is what it is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but here's why we do a series like this, right? Because you can't capture the essence of love in a song. You can't capture the essence of a movie. And the problem with it is, is that we listen to the songs and we watch the movies. And maybe, you know, what is it an hour and ten minutes, an hour and thirty minutes? Nowadays, the movies are three hours. But growing up, you know, we had this short love story when all the challenges and everything were overcome in like a short amount of time, right? Or even a love song. We can start with a challenge, but love conquers all in a minute and a half in a song or two and a half minutes. You know, and so we feel like love is supposed to be that easy, right? Like it's boy meets girl. You walk into a room, one boy, one girl. Come on, am I singing somebody's song? Two hearts beating wildly. All right, anyway. So, so there's, this, there's this thing. We feel like it should be that simple. And that as soon as we make that connection, that magical moment, as soon as I have you, that everything's fine. And it's not. It's not. It's not. So love and relationships are work. It will take more than three minutes to fall in love and learn to make all the sticky details of that relationship continue to work, right? It'll be an ongoing part of our life of learning, growing, and maturing together. And so if we're going to learn, if we're going to grow, and we're going to mature together over the next five weeks, uh, it's going to require that we push away our emotions, right? And we push past all the things that we think that love is supposed to be and learn to like and learn to, to deal with it in the realm of reality, okay? So here's the parallel of where we're going. You guys know the story of the emperor's new clothes? If you don't, here it is. The emperor is, uh, is a guy who's not really concerned with, with wealth or big buildings or, or, or having a huge army. No, this guy is concerned about how fancy he looks, right? So he is like, he is like um, the Liberace kind of, kind of emperor. You know what I mean? He wants something fancy. And he's got all the fancy stuff, and he's looking for his next fancy gown, right? And, uh, and so these guys come in, and they're, they're tricksters. They're, 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 uh, they're, they're con artists. And they tell him, hey, we're going we're gonna to charge you this amount of money. We're going to create you something so beautiful, you'll never see anything more grand. 
And so the emperor puts him to work, and when he walks in, these guys decided they were going to lie. They were going to tell him, hey, only the people that are, are wise, only the people that are, that are powerful and rich, only the people that are intelligent can see these clothes. And so the, the emperor walks in, and, and he says, well, I don't see it. And they said, only the wise, the intelligent, the, 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 these kind of people are the only ones who can see the clothes. And so the emperor, not wanting to look like a fool, goes, oh, I see it. It's amazing, isn't it? Look at this. And he strips down and he puts it on and looks himself in the mirror. Oh, it's so nice. And all of his servants are like, but he's naked. And then they explain the rules. And they, oh, he looks beautiful. He looks amazing. Isn't that awesome? It's so great. And so he decides to go out on a parade and he's walking in front of everybody. And everybody's like, he's naked. Oh, no, but it's the intelligent and they can see it. Oh, he looks amazing. And it takes a small boy in a crowd who looks and says, that guy's not wearing anything. And everybody goes, that's right, he's not. It was all a sham, and so he learns that they were scammed, that he was scammed, and that they were con artists. And so over the next few weeks, the parallel here is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to be like that kid in the crowd, because I'm not really that smart, right? I'm really not. But all I'm going to do is just kind of point out some things and say, hey, hey this, or you're going to hear me go, eh. I'm going to make a buzzing sound the whole time. You're going to hate it. <clears throat> but, but we're all going to shake our heads together and say, yeah, you know, something about the way that we do love, the way that we do relationships is just not right. It's not right. So I'm going to call some things on the carpet, and, that, and you're going to hear it go, eh, and that's what we're going to do, okay? Now, before we get going, I need to let you know that I realize that all of us come from very different backgrounds when it comes to relationships. You have different kind of relationships modeled in your home. Maybe you're from a broken home where your parents are divorced. Maybe you're married and divorced and married and divorced. And I understand that all of us have, are all over the map when it comes to what relationships should look like, okay? And I also understand that we're all in different places in our spiritual journey as well. I, I get that. And I'm not here to make you feel dumb. I'm not here to shame you or to control you. That is not my job. Now, my wife, that's different, okay? I'm just saying. But for the rest of you, I am not here to control you. That is not my job, okay? But regardless of where you are in your belief with God or, or your walk with God, I want to challenge you to open your heart to the things that we're going to talk about, right? These are not opinions. These are products of conversations. These are products of, of my own life, of my own challenges, my, my relationships, my marriage uh, as well, and, 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 so, uh, and, and others that I've counseled, the people that I've talked to. I, I've heard things that would make your head spin. You're like, what? And so these are all products of that, okay? And unless you believe that God loves you and that he has a plan for your life, unless you believe that these principles that are taught in the scriptures are for you and your life today, then there's no reason for you to apply these things. This will just be a fun message for you to hear and, and, and we'll leave it at that. But if you are a follower of Jesus and you believe that these things are going to be beneficial to your life, then I encourage you to go for it completely to give it all that you have and to follow these principles that I'll share over the next few weeks. So, having said all that, there's my disclaimer again. Today is for the single people. So I'm going to be talking to singles today, okay? All right, so how many singles are here today? Let's see your hands. Singles? All right, hey, singles, this is your opportunity. Look around the room, check it out, see what your competition is, see who's available. Take a look. And I know that being single in a room full of marriage is not always fun, right? Or in a room full of couples is not always fun. It's not. April's sitting here shaking her head. She knows. She talks to me about it all the time. There's just going to be a bunch of married people there, Aaron. I don't want to go. We don't want you to feel like the fifth wheel or the third wheel or whatever. We don't want you to feel like the odd man out. In other words, we, we want you to know that we love you, we embrace you, and for the most of us, for the most part, those of us that are married, we envy you. And all the married people said, amen, amen. amen. So I, I wish I had more time to expound on all the topics that I want to discuss today, but I don't. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give a few to you that are going to be rapid fire, okay? So I want you to take out your pens, if you're singles or if you're not. I want you to take out your pens, the rapid fire ones. I want you to write down. Maybe we can have discussions about them at a later time. 
because I'm not going to go into them very much. I'm going to say them to you, say a blurb, and then we're going to move on. But I do have a few points that I want to drill home on, and I will get to those. But these are going to be the rapid-fire ones. So are you ready? Am I talking too fast for anybody? I feel like I am. Am I going 90 to nothing? We're going to be done in five minutes. You know what I'm saying? All right. So here's the very first thing. And uh, you have to, singles, if you're going to get into a relationship with somebody, all right, you need to share the same view of God as that person. If you are a Christian and they are an atheist, let me tell you, this is going to be a problem for you. Or if you are an atheist and they are a Christian, or they are a Buddhist, or whatever, any other kind of ist out there, that is, if they are opposite of you, you will have problems in your relationship. Why do I say that? Because how you view God affects everything that you do in your life. It affects how you handle your time, how you handle your resources, how you spend your money, how you're going to raise your kids. It will affect how you deal with difficult situations in your life. If there's an impasse in your marriage, what you believe about God will affect all that because it will affect how you handle yourself in all those situations. And let me tell you, being somebody that is married, trust me, you want to be moving in the same direction as your spouse. To be moving in completely opposite, different directions because of your uh, your marriage or because of your religious beliefs is difficult. You will you will you will be fighting an uphill battle. Now I know what the pushback is for those of you that are out there and single and thinking, oh, but Aaron, you don't understand. She's hot, and I've been around this world long enough to know that you can always become a Christian, but you cannot always become hot. So I am going to date her now. I'm going to do some missionary dating. That's what they call that, right? Well, I'm going to date you to bring you to Jesus. Eh, Let me tell you something. That is not going to work. You cannot force somebody to believe anything. You can hope, but let me tell you, you're headed towards trouble. I get she's hot, but that's a dangerous path to be on. All right, here's the second thing. Have you ever heard the phrase, like father, like son, or like mother, like daughter? Right? Okay, so here's the thing. If you say to yourself, the person that you're dating, you're like, I like this person, but I can't stand his parents. Let me tell you something. You're headed for some trouble. Because you know what? He or she grew up in that house. And he or she has picked up some of the DNA from those parents. You say, well, I don't like the way his dad treats his mom. Well, guess what? He's probably going to treat you the same way. Because that's exactly what was modeled for him. Unless he has worked on that and prayed through that and God has changed his heart probably going to treat you the same way. It's a good possibility, okay? All right, next, just think about that. Here's, here's the next one, rapid fire. Utilize your discretionary free time. I know you're crazy busy, all of you singles out there. I know that you have so much to do, right? But you will not have more discretionary time than you do right now in all of your life. And all the married people said, amen. amen. You have more free time on your hands to do whatever you want to with than you will ever have again once you get into a committed relationship and you're married and you have kids. You you just do. And it's funny. If you talk to a single person about what they're doing, they're always like, I am so busy. I have so much to do. They don't have time to visit their mom. They don't have time to do anything. They are so busy, right? And sometimes you'll ask them, you know, being the pastor of the church, I want to invite people in to get connected. And I'm like, hey, do you think you can come help us with this? Or do you think you can stay after service and help us tear down the chairs? Or do you think you can go to Heart Food Pantry with us? And they're like, oh, I am so busy. I just don't have time for that. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not too busy for something like that. No, 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 that sounds like I'm mocking that. And I'm not. Well, okay, yes, I am. But still, look. You're not so busy that you can't get involved. You have more free time than anyone else. In fact, 
Paul says in 1 Corinthians, uh, he says that if you are single, then you need to use your discretionary time in a way that honors the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be at church 24-7. It means that you need to find a way to carry the weight and the burdens of the church, the single people, the ones that, are, that are, have no children. You, know? you, you are the ones that the weight of the church and, and the work, the labor that has to go on around here, I would say that you are the ones that need to help us carry that and the, carry the heavier burdens of that, right? Because the ones that are married, we have, a, we have kids to take care of, and, and it, it's not always easy. Now, I know you may disagree with this, but this is a biblical thing. Don't argue with me, okay? It's the truth. That's the way it goes. All right, so here they are. Here are those are, those are the, the rapid-fire things. Here are the four things that I'm really going to drill down on. Here they are. For you singles, your present, your current present, will become your past, but it will always be attached to your future. Think about that. I'm going to say it one time. Your present will eventually become your past, but it will always be attached to your future. Every decision that you make right now will eventually become part of your past. The amount of debt that you accumulate, the relationships that you get involved in, the choices that you make will become part of your past. They will always, always, always rear their heads sometime in your future. Whether those decisions are good or bad, they will always come back to visit you. So right now you say, well, I'm going to party. I'm going to have a great time. I'm going to, I'm going to have a lot of sexual partners. I'm going to do a lot of things. I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to get hammered. I'm going to forget my whole weekend. Those are the things I'm going to do. But let me tell you, those things will eventually come back to bite you in the rear end. They will. Not just because they'll destroy your life, but because eventually you're going to have somebody that you have to share that with, right? And here's what a lot of us married people thought. You thought, once I get married, it all changes, right? You know, once she puts on that dress or once we exchange those rings, the present changes and becomes our past and that's where it stays. Eh, wrong. That's not what happens. You think, well, we, we partied a lot, but once we get married, we're not going to do that. Eh, yes, you are. If you're partying now and you get married, you're probably going to party after you get married. If there's been indiscretions in your relationships now, when you get married, eh, there's probably going to be indiscretions later on. It's just the stories that I've heard from couples never go like this. They never say, that, here's what our problem is before we got married, right? Is that I wish I had accumulated more debt. Nobody ever says that, right? Before I got married, I wish I had spent more money, got more credit cards, bought more things that I don't really need. No, nobody really says that. Because once we get married, the past is the past. It doesn't matter. Nobody says that. Nobody says that I wish I had more sexual partners because Aaron, I really feel trapped. Like I really should have gone out there and explored more and had more things to regret or resent my spouse about. Because she's not like them or I'm not like him. Nobody ever says that. Nobody says, I wish I had more of those. <clears throat> Nobody ever says that, you know, before I was married, I had so many issues with my parents and I'm so grateful that I didn't deal with those things, you know, the pain of those and the emotional baggage that comes along with my relationships. I am so glad that I didn't deal with those before I got married because that is not affecting my relationships at all right now. <laughs> it's not true. <clears throat> It does affect these things. And nobody says these things. All of these things are in the past, but they have a way of creeping into our futures. They have a way of creeping into our relationships, right? And that's why I highly recommend taking inventory of your life and to begin to deal with the issues in your life now as a single person, praying through them, inviting God into every one of your hurts, inviting God into every one of those things where you need to give forgiveness to somebody, where there are cracks in your character, and inviting God into those things and allowing him to heal you and to build you up and to change you, getting your finances under control before you get married. Because once you get married, they're going to stay out of control. That's the way it works, unless you get them under control before you get married. Because these things, if you don't get them under control, these are relationship killers. Married folks, amen out there? They are. We all wish we knew this before we got married. 
So get them under control. The second thing is, Romans, romance, wow, that was a weird way to say that, don't you say? <laughs> romance in marriage is fueled by exclusivity. I'm going to say it again. Think about it. Romance in marriage is fueled by exclusivity. Now, saying this may make me sound like a pastor from the Victorian times, and I'm okay with that, right? But it's the truth. It's not some skill that builds up romance. It's not your hard work. It's not how you bat your eyes or your walk as you walk away from him. It's, it's not that. Romance is fueled by exclusivity. Exclusivity says that I waited for you, and you waited for me, and now we're going to join together, and we're going to make this happen together. Exclusivity is I have eyes only for you. It says that I've been waiting for you, praying for you, preparing for you, even before I knew who you would be. Exclusivity is a John Legend song. Because I'm able to give all of me to all of you. Nobody knows this song? Is it too new? All right, I'm hitting home. Okay. These things fuel romance and marriage. It's that exclusivity. And when we ignore these things, when we get married, they cause rifts between us because when we, we begin to compare our spouse with previous relationships. We compare them to how they, how they did things before. Or we, we've had so many in our lives that, that it's, it's a comparison game and it causes these rifts. Specifically when it comes to sexuality, I know that your pushback is, oh, Aaron, come on, you don't buy a car without test driving it. I get it. You don't, put on a, you don't buy a pair of shoes without trying them on, you know. So let me say something to you. Here's the great news about anybody who's concerned about your sexual compatibility with a future partner. If you are a boy and she is a girl, you are compatible, okay? That's the way God made you, all right? It's a beautiful thing. You don't have to wonder about it. All right, come on, get it together. Come on, get it together. Get it together. But God is great that way. If you're a boy and she's a girl, you're compatible. Welcome to it. And married people will tell you this is so true. See, when, when your husband goes away on a business trip, and he's somebody who, who reserved himself for you, ladies, married people. Just, just say yes at the, at the end if, I, if, if I'm right. But he goes away on a business trip and he was somebody that you know prepared for you, waited for you. He is exclusively yours and you know that. When he's away on a business trip, do you worry about what your man is doing? No. That's awesome. That's, that's romance right there. Or when, when she goes out, guys... And when she goes out and she goes with, out with her friends and she says she's going to be home at 10 and she doesn't come home till midnight, do you really worry about what she's doing if you know that she is exclusively yours? If you know that she has eyes only for you? No, you don't. That's marriage. That, or that, that's romance. That's freedom. right? That is a blessing to you. When she's running late, you don't worry about it. You trust her. You know that she saved herself for you. And I know that you expect me to say these kind of things because I'm the pastor, right? I have to say these kind of things. And I'm not saying any of this to shame you, to guilt you, or to make you feel dumb. If I wanted to, to make you feel, uh, to, to shame you, I could talk about STDs or unwanted pregnancy, all right? Or if I wanted to scare you, I could talk about child support, right? That's scary, isn't it? We could singles, we could talk about that as, as reasons to, to not try it out before you buy it. Or if I wanted to shame you, I could tell you the reason the Buckeyes didn't win the national championship is because you're having premarital sex and there's a curse on all of us. I don't know that that's true, but we also don't know that it's not, so just cut it out, okay? <laughs> the fact is, is, to be honest with you, is that a condom will probably keep you from a lot of these things. But there is no condom for your heart. There just isn't. Think about that for a minute. In Proverbs 5... Uh, 15 through 17, it says, Drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Why spill the water of your springs in public, having sex with just anyone? You should reserve it for yourselves. 
Don't share it with strangers. Here's the summary of what that means. You ready? No ringy, no dingy. That's what it means. That's what it means. So, <laughs> now I know... <laughs> Now, I know we're all over the map here on this particular subject. I get it. I'm okay with that. But regardless of where you're at on this, you need to determine what kind of story do you want to tell. What kind of story do you want to tell? I have to tell you that before my wife and I got married, she decided she was going to tell me a story. And I'm not going to tell you the details of that story. That's none of your business. That's between me and her. But she had a past that she needed to get out there because for me, I'd been, I'd been with, with one woman my entire life, and that was my wife, my previous wife. I, I'm divorcee, so that you all know, and I'm remarried to this beautiful young lady right here. And by comparison, she felt like she needed to get out her past as well and let me know. And, and I, would, I would tell you that if you haven't had this conversation, you're probably wondering it. Even if you've decided not to talk about it, it's affecting your relationship. And so my wife puts me in the car, and we go, we're driving an hour, hour and a half away about an hour and a half away, and she decides while we're driving, she's driving, I'm in the passenger seat, to tell me all the details of all the past, and I am like ready to claw my ears out, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh dear God, what are we doing? But she, she wanted to tell me her story before we got involved. She wanted me to know, and we'd, we'd only been dating a couple months, right? Maybe a month and a half or so, and she wanted me to know, and it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be, it's really not, but, but she, had some, she wanted to get it off her chest and let me know because she knew my history. And so, you know, you think I just won't share my past. You know, it's none of their business who I've been with or how many I've been with. And, and so you don't talk about it. But let me tell you something. It is affecting your relationship because they will always wonder. It will affect your marriage in tremendous ways to hide your past from your spouse. It will affect uh, trust levels, your sex life, and so much more. So what story do you want to have to be able to tell your future partner? What is it? What story? So you need to decide that, you know, will, my, will your story be, well, every guy along the way that I've met, I thought he was the one, so I gave all of me to all of him, and now you're just the next guy that I think is the next one. Or is your story that I heard this message early enough, and I decided that I was going to be careful with my sexuality. What a great story to tell. Or even greater than that, here's one, here's even better. I made a lot of dumb decisions, had sex with a lot of people, but I went to church on June 2014 at this church. They do it in a funeral home where the pastor drinks way too much coffee and talks way too fast. And, but I decided that day that my hormones were not going to be my guide. I decided that day that I was gonna, not going to let that dictate my life, and I decided that today was a new day for me. And I decided that I was going to submit to the plan that God had for my life and to try to understand the grace that he has for me. What an amazing story that you'll have to tell. So you decide, what is your story going to be? And I can hear you singles now saying to me, I know what you're thinking. I can do this. I can do this that's not sex, right? I won't have sex, right? So, but there's other things that I can do that isn't sex. Thank you, Mr. Clinton. There are not things you can do. Let me tell you. Let, let, me, let me clarify for you. Let me break it down for what's too, for, too far. Intercourse. Outer course. Cyber course texture course or any other kind of coursing that you want to course it'll probably fall into this category of what you cannot or should not be doing look unless you're married you don't get tickets to the heavy petting zoo that's just not where you go i have issues folks i have issues but you have to guard your heart and let me tell you something i want this for all of you and i want you to be able to share an amazing story with your future spouse I want you to think about that. 
So, so next week, you know, my wife and I, we're going to come up here and, and you know, we're going to do it by video or we're going to do it live. We're, we're going to open up our relationship for you. We're going to share. We're going to be real. We're going to be raw. We're going to be honest. We're going to talk about some of the difficulties that were in our marriage. And we'll begin talking about marriage next week. And, um, and I, I really feel like it's going to help you. I feel like it will help you to hear that our, some of our struggles and some of the difficulties we've had. Because I know you all have them. Because I know you all have them. So uh, here's, here's the next point. Sorry, let me, let me move on. Because um, I've only got a few minutes. I've, I've got like three, right, Kelly? Is that about right? About three more minutes. Mr. or Miss Wright doesn't exist. All of you singles out there, Mr. or Miss Wright doesn't exist. And you say, what? That's impossible. No, no, no. When I was in third grade, we play, third grade, we played that little game with the little thing, you know, where we went like this. What is it called? Is it MASH? Is that Mansion... What is it? Uh, mansion, apartment, shack, house. Yeah, there's a few people out there. You know what I'm talking about, right? And you choose a number and you open it up and you're going to marry Daisy Duke and they have $100 a year and live in a mansion, right? But, the, but there's no Mr. Right for me? There's no Miss Right for me out there? Nope. There's not. What we realize over time is that this is a fantasy world that doesn't exist yet. Deep down, we believe that if we find the right person, that everything is going to be all right. But that's not, that's not true. How do we know if we find the right person? Well, oftentimes we want to believe it's chemistry, right? What is chemistry? Chemistry is, oh, well, we talk all the time. We talk hours on the phone. Or I can't keep my mind off of him. And he, he can't keep his other things off of me, right? And that's, that's chemistry. Or anything he says sounds so romantic, right? And chemistry causes us to tune everything out, right? Everything, all the voices that are talking to us about that person we're in a relationship with. You know, logic has gone out the window. Warning signs are gone out the window. You say, Married people here will tell you that, that mama tried to tell me. My friends warned me that this guy was a disaster, but I, I turned, tuned them off because we had chemistry. Nobody loves me like he loves me, mama. Not my mama, not my grandma, not Oprah. Nobody loves me like he does. So you get married, right? And you don't, you don't have much of an understanding of relationships, but you have chemistry, so nothing else matters. You say, well, I'm impatient, but that doesn't matter because I have her. She's never going to do anything that makes me impatient. Or I have anger issues, but it doesn't matter because I have him, and he's never going to do anything that makes me angry. Eh, wrong. It's not right. And if you go, if you get married, you get married, and 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 um, you, and it's just it's not chemistry problems that you're going to have. It's relational issues that you're going to have. And so relationship problems are there because they never worked on themselves or relationships. They think love is going to keep them alive, but over time, that chemistry starts to fade. And what happens when the chemistry starts to fade? Well, we think we need to jumpstart it. For guys, you jumpstart this chemistry, and guys go, okay, how do we jumpstart chemistry? Guys, you all know where I'm going with this. Sex. Let's have lots of sex. And so you try to jumpstart that chemistry in your marriage, and you're like, yep, let's do that. And then everybody's for it. We go for it. We try it. And then the chemistry kind of fades again, right? And then the girls go, well, I know how we can build chemistry. Let's build chemistry. Let's introduce a baby into our complicated relationship, right? Let's do that because that's going to build chemistry. And the guys are like, "Eh, I don't know about, wait, we have to have sex to do that? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. The guys are in. Let's go. And so the guys, the guys go for it, right? And so, and so that eventually becomes a problem too, because the chemistry starts to fade again. So how do I know all this stuff? Because as unique as you think you are, little butterflies, you are not. This is a well-worn path that many people have been down before, and I want to keep you off of it if I can. And so pretty soon we get exhausted from trying to keep chemistry going, right? We begin to look for it elsewhere because we can conclude that no chemistry, we associate chemistry with love because we don't understand relationships in the first place, right? So we say, well, if I don't have chemistry with this person, then I don't have love. Next thing you know, you're at the gym and some guy named Jim comes up to you and you're like, well, Jim likes me. We have chemistry. I've got more chemistry with him than I do my husband. 
So I'm going I'm to hang out with Jim. I'm going I'm to get into a relationship with him. Or maybe you're the guy, you pull into the, to the to a parking lot of your favorite wings place and she gets out of the car and, and you guys order the same beer and the same wings and you're like, wow, this must be God. This is an amazing thing. I have so much chemistry with this girl because I don't have it with my wife. And the next thing you know, you begin, you begin going in a direction that you ought not be going. Chemistry and marriage will come and go. And if we don't understand this, someday you'll ask what happened to the passion, what happened to the fire. Because you spent all of your time looking for the right person, but you spent no energy on trying to become the right person. So here's the question I want to ask you. Are you trying to intentionally become the right person? Are you who the person you're looking for? Or, I'm sorry. Are you who the person you're looking for is looking for? Would you marry you, in other words? Would you marry you? And based on all of who you are, would you make a decision to marry you? Proverbs 14.8 says, The prudent understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. See, fools don't work on themselves. They fall in love, and then they spend six months preparing for marriage, right? And they never think about the fact that they've spent 20, 30, 40 years picking up baggage, developing habits and a way of life that will be contrary to that relationship. So they never once think about preparing to one day enter into a marriage relationship. But singles, that's your responsibility. That's your job right now. Healthy relationships don't happen accidentally. They take time and preparation. Last thing I'm going to say, and I'm, I'm going to blow through this. Promises cannot trump preparation. I don't care what he promises to you. If you are in a relationship right now and it is, it is difficult, and he's just promising a change, but he is not putting any preparation into it, run. Run for the hills. Run now. Run now. Because every weekend, couples all over this nation come together and they, they make promises to each other, right? They say, in sickness and health, richer or poorer, better or worse, as long as we both live. But these promises don't trump preparation. They just don't. And some of you are dating people that are not healthy to be with. And you're, you're with them because they make promises to change. You say, Mom, he promises he won't hit me anymore. He swears it was just this one time. He won't sit around and play video games all day long. I know his only mode of transportation is a BMX bike. I get it. He should be looking for a job. But he's really good at fireworks. He's really good at them. He lights them off. They go in the sky. It's amazing, Mom. You know, I can promise you next week that I'm going to give the whole message in French. But if I don't do anything to prepare for that, that's never going to happen. I'm going to promise it, but it's not going to happen. So next week I'm preaching in French. We'll see how that goes. Thankfully, though, Scripture provides some kind of preparation or some guidelines for us how we prepare it's in 1 Corinthians 13. You, we all know this. We hear it at every single wedding. What love is. So 13, 4 through 5. Love is patient and kind. What does that mean? A patient person. Don't put undue pressure on, on, the, the, uh, on, uh, on the other person. If, you, if your person or the person that you're dating is like, why don't you do this or why can't you be that? That's not love. That's not patience. Get out. Run for the hills as fast as you can. For you that are single, work on becoming patient. If you've got road rate issues... Start there. Work on being patient with people. Love is kind. Kind feels like a weak word. And for guys, we don't want to use that word. We're like, ah, kind. I don't What does kind mean? It's considerate. You're considerate. You take into consideration how someone else feels. That's what love is. Love is not jealous. So you say, you know, if, if I'm having a jealousy, he says, if I'm having a bad day, you're going to have a bad day. Or if I can't have any fun, you don't get to have any fun. My friends didn't invite me out, so you don't get to go out. We're all going to be home and we're all going to be miserable. Singles, if you are in a relationship like that, run. It's easy to know if you're dealing with a jealous person. 
And if you are the jealous person, you need to constantly be bringing those issues before God and saying, God, help me with the cracks in my character. Help me with this. Transform me because God will. Love is not, uh, is not um, what is it, proud or boastful. In other words, you don't have to be right all the time. Guys, you know this. You get into a relationship, you're never right. It doesn't matter if you are right or if you're not right. She will tell you you're right just to get you to shut up sometimes. Oh, come on. You all know it's true. <laughs> but you don't have to be. Love is, I don't have to be right all the time. I can admit when I'm wrong and apologize. And if it doesn't happen before marriage, folks, it won't happen when you do get married. <coughs> Love is not rude. It doesn't demand its own way. You must learn to honor men and women. To, to be a person that just gushes that. Love is not irritable and keeps no record of being wrong. If you are dating somebody who has the potential to be a professional historian of your past and they can throw and they have the ability to throw your past in your face all the time, it's not going to change after you get married. Run from the historians, folks. Married people have been sitting here the whole time just shaking your heads. You, you're, you're thinking, yeah, I hear me in that. I wish I'd known that before I was married. I wish I had dealt with this. Let me get to the end of 1 Corinthians 13 because it's really funny to me how Paul wraps up this whole, this whole verse or this whole chapter on love. Here's what he says. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Isn't that interesting? When he's talking about love, that he, he turns to you and says, Hey, when I was a kid, I talked like a kid. And I put those things away. So let me ask you something. How does every fairy tale end? What's, what's the words? Happily ever after. That's right. See, after the, the, the overbearing stepmom is out of the picture or after the dragon has been vanquished or whatever the issue is that keeps them apart, as soon as they get together, you're the fairest maid I've ever met. You were meant to finish your duet. Right? It's like, it's happily ever after. Right? That's what we say it is. We're like, yeah, that's what we want. And everything is going to be okay as soon as they get together. But nothing could be further from the truth. It's a Disney ending. It's comical when you think about it. It is. We have to change the way that we think about love and the way that we think about relationships. You think, oh, well, now that I've got this person, everything is going to be okay. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not to be mean, but singles, you are still thinking like children sometimes. You are still thinking and reasoning like a child talking like a child about love because you believe if you find that right person it's going to be right but in this season you need to refocus on, and focus on becoming the right person for your right person and praying God transform me make me who I need to be for whoever this person is that you're going to bring in my life if you ever bring anybody into my life oh isn't that a powerful prayer that's where I'm going to drop the mic and we're just going to stop right there singles Become the person that you would want to marry. Spend your energy doing that instead of looking for Mr. Right because they don't exist. Let's pray.